The Bible Study Podcast, episode 341. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the Gospel of John with chapter 15. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I have not quite full voice this week, but I had none at all last week, which is why we missed an episode of the show. Let's continue on with the study of the Gospel of John. You may recall that we were in John 15 is where we left off, and we are still at the end of the Last Supper and what Jesus says before he heads off to Gethsemane and to Calvary. The Vine and the Branches I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it might be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. So again, on this night of all nights, Jesus starts talking to the disciples, all of those who are left. Judas has already gone off to betray him and says there is a relationship between bearing fruit and your relationship with me, the relationship with Jesus and the relationship with God. He says he is the vine. And if you know anything about gardening, you know that the branch, when separated from the vine, dies. That all of the nutrition, all of the source of energy of life for that branch comes from the vine. Picture a grapevine here. And so he tells us two things. First of all, he says, if you don't bear fruit, you're going to be pruned. You're going to be cut off. You're going to be firewood. But he says, if you do, you'll be pruned so you can be more fruitful. The first one is understandable, if a little scary, but the second one may be a little more disturbing to those of us who are spending time listening to Bible study podcasts, and that's this whole pruning thing. And I don't know if you have done a lot of gardening, but the idea is that if you want a fruit tree, for instance, to bear a lot of fruit, you pay some attention to it and you prune some things. If you take some plants and you just let them go, you'll get all bush and no fruit. And what you do is you prune away some of the unnecessary shrubbery so that the tree can put its energy into producing fruit. So, so far, so good. But what does that mean for us? Well, one of the things that I think pruning means is to get rid of things. We prune things because they are not beneficial We prune things or God prunes things because they get in the way of bearing fruit. That would imply that there are some things in our lives, in your life, and in my life that we do, that we spend time on, that we put energy into, that we pour some of our life into, that are counterproductive to our bearing fruit. Now, when we say bearing fruit here, obviously we're using that term euphemistically. 
you and I do not physically bear peaches, apples, or grapes. But what we're talking about here is producing fruit for the gospel, doing good works, and having good effect. I know I'm not saying that everything you do that doesn't push forward the boundaries of the gospel of Jesus or push forward the boundaries of the kingdom of God are unproductive. Because I know personally right now I need some downtime. There's a reason why God had us work on six days and rest on the seventh. And the reason why I'm tired today is I didn't get around to that rest day this weekend, but instead just kept going. And I'm definitely feeling in need of Sabbath right now. So there's absolutely, positively, times that we need to do things that are for rest and relaxation. There are times that we need to be recreated. But I'm also convinced that in my life, in your life, there are things that we do that God would have us not do. And I'm not necessarily talking about discipline here or things that we do that are wrong. While that would also be things that God would not have us do, I'm just looking at pruning here. And pruning says you're putting your life into things that aren't productive. Are you, you, am I, putting our lives this week into something that is not productive? And how do you know? I think the not productive part might be the easier part of that. What is the benefit, what is the output of the things that we put our times into? Our jobs, our hobbies, our families, our friends, what comes out of that? Do we get better people? Hopefully that's what you get when you put your time into your family, into your kids especially, is that you help them grow in their relationship with God. And anything that I think that helps people grow is a way of producing fruit, teaching, discipling, listening encouraging. Those are all things that I think quite obviously bear fruit. And there are certainly things I need to do to put food on the table and things like that, and I think that's okay. But were I to lose myself in my career, I might be following after riches rather than fruitfulness. Are there friends that take all our energy, and yet the time that we spend with them is unproductive? It drags us or them in the wrong direction. That might be something that needs pruning. I don't know the answer for you. I'm not even sure I know the answer for me this week, but it's certainly something that I will be praying about this week, both for me and for you, is that we'll understand where we are being fruitful. Because did you notice that last verse that we read there is, this is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Disciples are fruitful. Disciples bear fruit, and those that don't, Jesus says, are firewood. He goes on, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands, and remain in his love. I have told you this, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you, so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name the Father will give you. This is my command. Love one another.
So we get right back to bearing fruit again, but the other two things that we learn in here is that fruitfulness seems to have something to do with love. Now, hopefully this doesn't catch you by surprise, and it certainly shouldn't catch you by surprise in the book of John, because John's ministry will be all about that question of, do you love one another? John's letters and John's gospel. And part of bearing fruit is working out practical love. So that would be, I'd say, another way for us to measure what is fruitful. Are we doing things that build other people up? Are we doing things for the benefit of others? That is bearing fruit. The other thing we learn in here, though, besides the fact that Jesus wants us to love, and his standard is how he is going to love, and he says that greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And then he goes on to say, you are my friends. Well, he's about to lay down his life. Less than 24 hours after he says this, he will die on the cross. And so when he's saying this, he's not just using this term metaphorically. Certainly for us, sometimes it just means putting other people in front of our own needs. But he is about to hold up a high standard for love. But he also says in here that he desires that we have joy. And that somehow keeping his commands helps us remain in his love. And because we remain in his love, we will have joy. Our joy may be complete. What he's saying here is that we can't have the complete kind of joy that God intends through disobedience. That there is a joy that God is promising, a better joy than the world gives, that our path through that is to demonstrate our love for God in obedience. Then when our relationship with God is right, that there is a richness that expresses itself or is supposed to express itself in joy, that his desire for us is joy. All of these words with obedience, all of these words with command, and all of these words with love, and all of these words with bearing fruit, that if we do all that, he's saying, it's not a drudgery, He's saying that is the path to a joy and a richness of life that can only come from a life that is rooted, a life that is attached to the vine, a life that is attached to God as a source of strength and life. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. Hopefully, I'll have a little more voice next week. If you have any questions about this episode of the Bible Study Podcast, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com or drop me an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. If you want to know when the next episode is coming out, you can also use the Bible Study Podcast app in the iTunes store. As always, thanks so much for listening. A crazy world out there, moms and dads. I'm Katherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.